Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Today, we are going to be looking at an oldie but a goodie, The Blues Brothers, which came out on June 20th of 1980. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. And a movie with a budget? It was about $17 million, I think they, they originally planned for. It ended up $27.5. Yeah, about $17 million ended up almost 30 when you put in the promotional costs and advertising and the like. Directed by the great director of comedies of that era, John Landis. Yeah. And two great stars, a movie come to life from the skits of Saturday Night Live. The first. The first of many. Very first one with Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi carrying out the roles of... Jake and Elwood Blues. Yeah, Joliet, Joliet Jake. I love oh, yeah. that. Joliet Jake. And you're from you're from Illinois. What's in, I am. What's in Joliet? The prison. That's it. South of Chicago. That's the only thing there, I think. Yeah, so it's featuring two brothers who were raised in an orphanage, raised by a nun. Yeah, Sister Mary. And Sister. Curtis. Sister Mary. Was he the caretaker? I think, I he, think was. he was yeah. the caretaker, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing kind of movie when you start looking at some of the scenes and how it blocks itself out. Uh, it begins with this scene, this uh, filthy mouths and bad attitudes. If you go to YouTube, you'll find it listed there where we meet the nun, Sister Mary, who's just an angry nun. Uh, kind of the stereotypical angry nun. Well, they, they make it almost supernatural where the doors are opening, but no one's there. The doors are closing. Yeah. No one's there. I mean, it's a scary scene the way they do it with her. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, she presents the two boys, as she calls them, and these are grown men, uh, that she has a conundrum, that the county tax assessor has hit them with a $5,000 assessment they have no money. And I love this. The diocese, they want to sell the building and ship her off to the mission field. And she's terrified of that. She's like, they'll send me to Central America or to Africa or to Korea. <laughs> and, and the boys are like, well, we can't have that happen. Well, even when she brings up uh, the issue, you know, Jake just wanted to get out of there. He was so uncomfortable. He's in that desk that doesn't fit him anyway. And he's yeah. like, 5000 No problem. <laughs> right, right. And then, of course, no problem. Joliet Jake just coming out of prison. Elwood having his encounters with the law. The last thing on their minds is finding $5,000 an honest way. And what does the nun do? Well, she tells him uh, she doesn't want their filthy money. She basically kicks him. Well, the, the scene is they... They start uh, using the Lord's name in vain as she is uh, disciplining them with her ruler. Mm -hmm. Very uh, stereotypical Catholic nun. They're in the desk. She's whacking them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the crossover here, and sometimes we don't see this when we're watching a movie and a movie like this, brothers Joliet, Jake, and Elwood are very reminiscent of, of biblical brothers. Uh, we see this in Exodus chapter 7, where we encounter Moses after receiving his divine call from the Lord, 
and his brother Aaron. You know, it's, it's right there in Exodus 7, uh, chapter uh, 7, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of the land. This kind of divine commission uh, carried out by brothers. They were on a mission from God. And we're going to hear that over and over again. Now, do they fully understand and embrace this mission yet? Do they see it as a mission from God? Not really. Not really. It's going to lead to that, to me, the next critical scene in the movie. And uh, again, if you go to uh, YouTube, you'll find it, uh, Triple Rock Baptist Church. (laughs) And who's the preacher in that church? Oh, the Godfather soul, James Brown. Oh, we're loving James Brown. Uh, Preach like James Brown huh? on a Sunday morning. Well, and again, Curtis sending him to that church makes you wonder, you know, he might have been the caretaker at the, uh, at the, what do you call it, the orphanage? Orphanage, yeah. Uh, But he obviously went to see James for his uh, spiritual needs. Oh, we know where he was getting the spiritual milk. He was, he was there at the Triple Rock Baptist Church. And you throw in the music, and you throw in the culture, and you throw in the dancing. And and next thing you know, Joliet Jake is there tapping his foot. And the heavens part, and the light comes in through the windows, and it beams down on Joliet Jake. And Elwood is somewhat confused. He, He doesn't really understand what's happening at the moment. Well, they're... they're... That's, I, I think they were the only two white guys in the church. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I had that experience. It's so my senior year. Uh, Reverend Pearson wanted me to see their uh, choir at his church, and he knew I was in the show choir. So my wife and I, she wasn't my wife at the time, my friend Dan and his girlfriend, the four of us, go down uh, to the west side of Freeport to visit Reverend Pearson's church. And sure enough, uh, nobody, uh, their choir wasn't singing that day. But the looks we got just walking up to the church, like, are you lost? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a culture shock. Absolutely. And so Elwood was probably looking at Jake like, what are you doing? What's happening to you? And he he sees the light, too, doesn't he? He so, sure does. Oh, next, yeah. next thing you know, they're boogieing down and dancing down the center aisle. You know, it, it really does remind me, uh, again, of uh, Moses and Aaron, but particularly that call of Moses. Uh, he's He's in a place where, you know, maybe he should be, maybe he shouldn't be, but... As he's going about normal business, all of a sudden, the light of God is revealed to Moses through the means of a burning bush. Exodus chapter 3, all the way through Exodus chapter 4, verse 17, is this instilling into Moses that what he has is a mission from God to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. And and it when it takes almost two chapters to convince somebody that this is your mission from God. In many respects, that's kind of what Joliet Jake was was going through. He was really being pressed upon uh, by a nun, by a caretaker, now by the godfather of soul, James Brown, that what he is about is really a divine or holy calling on behalf of this orphanage. And uh, he takes it on. Oh, he sure does. But but here's the here's the conundrum they run into. Joliet Jake and his brother Elwood, they need the band. Now they got to get the band back together. 
Oh boy. And there's more than a few Which people. Which is the majority the of the movie. Oh my word. Yeah, getting that getting band. Getting the band back together and starting to play again as a band. I mean, that's. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's you know, the they, crux they, of it. They got to get that band back together. So it, it leads to the, to the next scene. Uh, and if you were to go again to YouTube, you could find it. It's, it's under the title Think. Uh, starring the great, <laughs> oh, the great Aretha Franklin. Oh, yes. And they're there looking for Matt Guitar Murphy. And Blue Lou. And Blue, Blue Lou. Lou. And oh, Blue yeah. Lou. Got to find these two guys. And they go in and what do they order? I mean, I know you're, the, you're our food connoisseur. Oh, what yeah. was their order? Uh, four fried chickens and dry white toast. Okay. Oh, and a Coke. Four yeah. fried chickens and a Coke. Yeah. And dry white toast. And dry white toast. And... Dry white toast. and all of a sudden, we now have a family conundrum. You know, Matt Guitar Murphy and Aretha Franklin going to have a little family dispute, a little angst over this. Uh, and and what is the uh, what is the call by uh, Joliet Jake in Elwood? They're on a mission from God. Don't you blaspheme now? Don't be blaspheming there. <laughs> You know, it, it's a great scene, though. In the music that unfolds, there is just spectacular. And you know, here's here's Aretha Franklin just chiming away. You better think. Uh, but really, what it reminds me of is that ministry will cause family sacrifice. If we're really about uh, the work of God, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some sacrifices that have to be made. Uh, sacrifices where it, it may not be comfortable for our own family members. We we have both experienced that. You went from New York, New Jersey, all the way out to Arizona. Mm -hmm. I'm a Midwesterner, grew up, born, raised in the yeah. Midwest, coming out here to Jacksonville. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get sent. Yeah, the the idea of being sent is a is kind of a challenge. You know, I, it reminds me of Luke chapter four. Uh, it's verses thirty eight through 41. It's one of these little passages of scripture. We, you know, we often just kind of glide over it, don't pay much attention to it. Uh, it says that uh, Jesus arose, he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house, Simon Peter. So Simon Peter has a house. Go figure. He's got a family. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf, and he stood over her. He rebuked the fever, it left her, and immediately she arose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had and who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them, so on and so forth from there. But you know, here's Peter's mother-in-law, i.e. Peter's married. Peter has a wife. We don't know. Maybe Peter had some kids. Uh, there chances was a, are. There are chances are he did, and here's a family. And yet the ministry is going to cause Peter to leave that home, travel with Jesus, learn at his feet, uh, become the kind of uh, outspoken, emboldened, sometimes impetuous disciple, eventually really the, the great uh, figure of the first half of the book of Acts. The one he built his church on. This, this yeah. whole idea of Simon Peter, the rock. Um, so the calling sometimes will call us to go places and do things that are uncomfortable, even for our family. And I think it's kind of interesting, the song that they chose in the Blues Brothers was, Think. Uh, sometimes we do need to pause before we do something in ministry and think. Now, well, and it wasn't just think. Notice what the phrase says, you better think what you're trying to do to me. Yeah. You know, it was about how you leaving will affect 
me. Because right. Simon Peter didn't just leave for the three years he followed Jesus. We know from his epistles, his travels, just like Paul, he was out there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that scene ends, and of course, what do they do? They, they hop over the counter, take off the uh, the apron, and off they right. go. They're, yeah. they're going with Joliet, Jake, and Elwood, which... As they gather the other members of the band, and there's some great scenes there uh, along the way, it leads to the one that really is my favorite in the movie. Uh, They have to get the instruments. Uh, (laughs) They need, you know, the keyboard. They need all the instruments. Uh, So where do they go? They go visit Ray Charles. Ray's Music Exchange. Ray's Music Exchange with the great Ray Charles, who... Who, by the way, you know where Ray Charles went to uh, school for a while it was right here where we're at, where we're at in uh, Saint oh, Augustine, Augustine, Florida. Yeah. yeah, he went to the school for the deaf and blind. Great school. Little little trivia on Ray Charles. Did you know he got a traffic violation in uh, Saint Augustine when he was a student down there? I did not. True story. He he got he got pulled over. He was driving the car while his deaf friend was uh, telling him when to speed up and when oh, to boy. slow down. Uh, pretty interesting, you know. So he got got pulled over for driving without a license. I would think driving blind might be that another probably challenge. I but wouldn't uh, expect him to have a license. I wouldn't expect yeah. that either. So with that scene, though, here we are at Ray's Music Exchange, Ray Charles, and the, the great song Shake a Tail Feather. What I love about this is as he begins to play, uh, the other guys begin to pick up instruments. They begin to play. Joliet, Jake, and Elwood begin to dance. Next thing you know, they're singing. Everybody's singing and dancing. And if you look outside the window and they go outside of the store, a crowd begins to gather. And everybody starts singing and dancing. Young, old, children, adults, uh, male, female. It is this kind of overflowing, jubilant moment of music with Ray Charles, the Blues Brothers, the band, and this huge crowd. When we look at Jesus' ministry, that's really what it was about. There's a lot of it of Jesus preaching, teaching, healing, and crowds came together. You go through the New Testament, there's so many instances of a crowd. You know, one of my favorites that, again, we don't really talk much about. We always talk about the feeding of the 5,000. But it's in Mark chapter 8. It's verses 1 through 10 there where Jesus feeds 4,000. It's just the lead up to that. It says, In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on this crowd, because they have been with me now three days, and they've had nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? And, you know, the magical answer is, well, of course, seven. Jesus will bless this. There's plenty of food for everybody. But the idea of a crowd around Jesus, how often do you think about a large crowd? And Jesus, we we tend to think of Jesus healing a person, teaching his disciples, that large group of people. Well, he healed. A lot of people came to him. And that's what's yeah. going on here in Ray's Music Exchange. They're drawn by the sound. They're drawn by the music. They're drawn by the Blues Brothers. And well, let's face it, who amongst us wouldn't show up to see Ray Charles and group playing? Uh, now, we know that the whole movie is driven by this idea of the mission from God of getting to $5,000. And it all leads up to this grand scene 
We can't forget John Candy. I just love John Candy there at the end. Is, uh, Helping the, the police catch him. Working chasing, with the right. police, chasing them all down. So, Orange whip. Yeah, so this, oh, yeah. this really uh, drives the question of the day. The question to consider where Christ, culture, and cinema intersect with the Blues Brothers. Does the mission of God allow us to overstep the bounds of the civil law in order to accomplish it? Because let's face it, from the, the moment the movie starts to the moment they drop off the money at the tax assessor's office, it is a never-ending stream of violating the civil law, whether it be traffic laws, property destruction by cheat and steal you know there it's yeah. all going on what 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 are your thoughts on that as you kind of well, consider it again uh, a lot of it we have to look at what are the laws what are we saying uh you could go to the apostles and say well they were told not to preach about jesus in the way after his death and resurrection they obviously said no we're going to do it anyway i mean we saw him get thrown in prison we saw them flogged over and over but they were going to share the word of god we're in america Mm -hmm. Are there any laws we have to break to share the Word of God? Not really. We're, we're pretty free to do those things. Yeah. But certainly we've seen that in uh, China and other places where they were told not to, where they're basically disobeying civil authority to right. proclaim the Word of God. You know, it's interesting because from the very beginning, Sister Mary warns them, don't, don't you be bringing me she back dirty money. That. You don't right. want no dirty money, you know. And... And yet they do earn the money cleanly. Mm -hmm. You know, they do the performance. They make the money. It's a spectacular show at the end. Cab Calloway is there. I mean, oh, it's, it's a great, great scene. Great scene of the movie. But to get from A to B, all the little steps in between, breaking civil law, breaking civil law over oh, and over and over again. Running from the police the whole time. From the minute they got pulled over at the beginning, they, they ran from the police. Yeah. They were being pursued. Uh, right to the end. I mean, they were pursued right to the tax assessor's office. Yeah. You know, it's a great scene at the end. Um, so for those who are, are listening in today, that, that really is your question to consider, mm -hmm. I think, as you ponder the Blues Brothers and um, uh, kind of digest this classic movie, uh, this classic comedy, this classic film. Does the mission of God allow us to overstep the bounds of the civil law? And if it doesn't, then how do we live within the bounds of the civil law to still accomplish the mission of God? Well, I know there's a lot of unrest right now in our world. A lot of people are worried, what's the changes? So I, I think hopefully you and I have not had to do that and won't have to. But what happens when the day comes where we're not going to have that free speech? This is true. And these are questions we need to ponder. We thank you for joining us this week for Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Next week, we're going to take a look into another classic film, uh, because this is Master's Week uh, as we are uh, recording this. We're going to take a look at the Adam Sandler classic, Happy Gilmore. Till next week. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies.